When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. Yeti, are you on uh, Grandpa's front porch with a blunt hound next to you or what? I'm on, uh, there is a lab running around, but uh, on on my aunt and uncle's (laughs) front porch, yes. (laughs) <laughs> oh, your uncle. Okay. If Grandpa's house had the internet, I'd go over there just for the uh, okay nostalgia. But um, um, while we wait for Christopher ah. to join us, I I, I want to say this is potentially the most chaotic Greg Cody Show podcast in history because we're all over the map here. Earlier, um, par- part of the podcast is going to be uh, Christopher and Mike Ryan and Stu Goss joining us from a golf driving range in Lake Tahoe, Nevada. Um, Izzy Gutierrez is here. I don't know. Are you on your boat? But I, I'm. Is that a fake background? Where are you, Izzy? Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is my bedroom. Okay, <laughs> I'm always fooled by fake backgrounds every time. A fat ground. Okay, and um, uh, so a lot's going on here. Christopher's about to join us. Izzy's going to talk about uh, a little bit about uh, reviewing our uh, our Fourth of July on the beach, and we were thrilled to have him there. Uh, but. Before we get started with any of that, I need to review uh, an exchange today between uh, Levitard and I. Uh, and this came up on his show uh, a few days ago where Levitard he and me. He was essentially mocking me for not being angry enough over the death of Hank Goldberg. Mm. Uh, a little uh, a little known fact until he made it public. Um, I had, you know, when people die, you tweet something nice, right? <laughs> Is that that's, I mean, for the last 10 years or so? Yeah. OK, that's de rigueur. So I basically what did I tweet? Here? I'm going to read it exactly. I tweeted um, uh, a South Florida sports radio legend, uh, a true original, a good man. He'll be missed. R.I.P. Pretty standard fare. OK, pretty standard mm-hmm. fare for a guy who was an acquaintance of mine, not a friend. But, you know, as as a official yet self-appointed Miami sports historian, I respect his place in the whole realm of Miami sports and particularly sports media. So uh, Levitard, you know, sort of chided me for being disingenuous um, uh, in that. I didn't think I was disingenuous. I thought I was forgiving because he was. I would say three words there would probably jump off the page. Um, A good man. Based (laughs) on how you described your relationship. And okay. what other people knew of him who didn't really know him, those words would probably be like, okay, I think this is where you're giving him the benefit of the doubt uh, posthumously. Okay. Here's the thing, though. Wow, that was the meanest thing I've ever said about a dead person. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. <laughs> okay. All right. I've already I've already uh, erased Levitard from the potential list of people who will give my eulogy. And Izzy, I may have to uh, eliminate you as well now after that remark. No, but, no, uh, no. You, you've, got, you've got no no negatives in my. Uh, OK. In my All right. But but I, I want to say this. Um, Hank Goldberg uh, was not a perfect man, uh, but I knew him by his radio persona as much as I knew him personally. I never knew him to be a misogynist or a racist or anything that would lead me to call him a bad man. 
Uh, now, he could certainly be acerbic. He could be an asshole on the air. He was uh, sort of one of these guys who would hang up on callers and berate callers and make fun of Levitard. And, you know, I'm Greg Kotex and, and Barry <laughs> Jackson is, is Barry Jackass. And that was just Hank Goldberg. So you don't find any misogyny in the, in the, in the name Greg Kotex? There, there might have been a shade of it there. I, I think it was just him making a bad play on words. But um, so, so Levitard and I had, a, had an, uh, an email exchange that got contentious today, uh, whereas he's, he's on me about how I'm just not disliking, <laughs> posthumously disliking Hank Goldberg enough. And this is an interesting thing to me because everybody has had people in their lives pass away who, you know, you didn't particularly like them, but when they die, you want to be a little bit forgiving or a little bit flattering just because that's what you do in a eulogy. Uh, or at least that's sort of my thought. So I'm I'm sort of forgiving Hank and, and Hank Goldberg. I think most people know he you know he spent a lot of years at ESPN. Uh, he was into horse racing and and gambling stories and and stuff like that. But he began in South Florida as as truly a, a South Florida sports radio legend. And um, so anyway, Levitard and I agree to disagree. Hank Goldberg. A lot of people disliked you, but that was part of his charm is that he was a controversial radio guy and that he is controversial even in death, uh, I think would please him. So R.I.P. So you guys got to agree to disagree level on this um, on this text exchange, because that's one of the highest levels of of, you know, what is it? uh, Levels of fights. Is that what that is? Yeah. Um, So you agree to disagree. I can't remember what they call it, but yeah. Right. I think that was the top one was agree to disagree. Right. What was the most contentious moment, though, in that text exchange? He was accusing me of misremembering how much I used to disdain Hank. He's trying to bring hateful thoughts back into your mind. Yes. And and at one point I <clears throat> I texted him saying, it sounds like you're very disappointed in me that my hatred for Hank is not as great as your hatred for Hank is. And and basically what I told him before we finally cease this back and forth is that uh, in, in Hank's later years, I just knew him as sort of the sports legend emeritus who would occasionally show up in a Dolphins press box. And we had a cordial relationship, but by no means chummy, but small talk cordial. Hey, Hank, how you doing? Good, Greg. What's going on? Blah blah right. blah. Bullshit, you know. <laughs> um, and 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 that was that. So whatever ill feeling I had for him in the '90s sort of dissipated, mm. you know. Right. And that's that's the way it was. Yeah. So here's a, a piece of uh, advice that I feel like uh, would be would help would just be would benefit from. Okay. Is sort of the harboring or holding on to a lot of that stuff is completely useless. Right. Um, there was there was a a member of the media locally who, when I was a young twenty two year old uh, Marlins beat reporter, who basically to other members of the media and mind you, I'm new to the game, obviously, telling them that the reason I was the Palm Beach Post's Marlins beat writer was because I because nobody else would take the job. <laughs> And so basically just cutting me out right at the knees before I even get to know these people, thinking that I'm just, you know, some some kid who who doesn't deserve this job. And I held on to that hatred for that person for a long. Not that there was any real um, exchanges or, or episodes or anything like that. It just really bothered me for a long time that that person tried to, you know, sort of paint me as this uh, non-deserving person. And as the years went by um, and my career continued to, you know, blossom or whatever, um, I realized that it was stupid of me to hang on to that because it's just sitting with me like nobody else. It doesn't affect anybody else. Certainly doesn't affect him that I or her. 
mm-hmm. that I <laughs> that I hate him or her. But but so you just kind of like have to let that go. And and this person is still alive. And so for Dan to really stick to or hang on to or really want to bring out of you these hateful memories is it's him in a way trying to get back at Hank for all those years of him mocking Dan, but right. like who, who who's winning in that situation? And so right. I, you know, it's one thing to just make do some show. It's another thing to sit there in a private text and be like, no, you hated him more. And it's just like, so <laughs> if you want to carry that for the both of us, that's fine. But I don't really carry that around. I didn't know. Yeah. All right. That's what surprised me is that it, it wasn't just an on-air bit on his show Thursday. It became a back and forth between just the two of us in email, which really surprised me. Now, I, uh, with your situation, I have a couple of questions. Number one, not really a question, but a statement. Name that person. <laughs> um, I will. You know what? It's such a inside. I'll, I'll take initials. Person. Uh, right. Sure. I'll I'll stop at initials. Okay. How's that? And JF. JF. Oh my God. Oh, oh wow. I I think I know who it is. Jeff Foxworthy. That's incredible. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> wow. First guess. Okay. Um. So if you figured it out, you should probably not bother because it's not okay. really. You know, not really worth it. Certainly not a media beef type of thing. Yeah, I think I know he mean. Uh, I've, I've never had a rap with him, but you're right. Um, gr- grudges are corrosive. Mm-hmm. Grudges are corrosive. And and we have to let them go. I think the bigger man lets them go. Not to call Lebetard a small man. Nobody has. Nobody has. <laughs> exactly. But um, let's move on from that, because uh, Izzy, the main reason I, I asked you on, and thanks for being here, is that uh, you were a, a, a featured guest, a star guest at uh, on the beach in Fort Lauderdale for our uh, reunion, our Cody and Benson family reunion of 4th of July on the beach. And we had brought it back after like 15 years of not doing it. I was thrilled to see you there. And I'm just wondering, as someone who had never been to one of these things that we hosted and who was there out of the blue for the first time, what were your impressions? And and then I'm going to tell you, because it isn't all rosy, believe me, but I want your impressions. So first thing uh, I want to say is that I didn't realize it was a 15 year hiatus for this event, because based on you know how it, Anthony and I, um, it, it looked seamless, like flawless. Everything was wow. uh, perfect uh, positioning and it was, Great. you know, um, it looked good. And so when I got there, um, I'm trying to think, you said the Benson, is that Mary Benson, right? Yeah, the, the Benson. Yeah, Mary Benson and Chris Benson are uh, Erlene and I's close friends. Chris is like one of my best friends. Chris Benson was the one wearing uh, the Detroit Tigers t-shirt. Is that right? I think I know who you're talking about. But Mar- Mary Benson was uh, the side dish queen was what I remember the most. Because she made, uh, Greg, she made a dish, my favorite side dish there. Um, and it was largely broccoli. Which tells you she's like a gifted because if you can make something with broccoli, my favorite, um, then you know what you're doing. But also, it was probably the most unhealthy of the dishes there because she made broccoli delicious. And I believe there was like bits of bacon in there because right before, like she actually separated, so thoughtful, separated the, uh, the actual vegetables from the dressing and didn't mix it up until we got onto the beach. And I saw the dressing and it had like separated some. And there was a good amount of fat in that bowl. And so when really? she shook it up, it looked more like dressing again. But when you put it all together, it was it was the most unhealthy broccoli, but also one of the most delicious uh, servings of broccoli yeah. I've ever had. Um, that was one of my initial <laughs> initial memories of it. 
But overall, uh, I would say Chris uh, was not here, um, was very, very much in host mode. He was bouncing from one group to the next, making sure to not leave anybody uh, you know, alone for too long, yeah. but not stay with anybody for too long and play favorites. And I yeah. think uh, he actually apologized afterward in I don't know, a five-hour experience um, on the 3rd of July. And Chris was, I think, somewhere in the pool area uh, with his wife uh, and daughter. And so we didn't really actually, we uh, ended up like via text saying goodbye. And he responded with a, hey, sorry if I didn't spend enough time. And I was like, come on now. Like <laughs> you were, you know, the main Cody, you know, the main uh, <laughs> Cody here responsible <laughs> because you did all the setup and everything. So I thought he was, um, I wish he was here though for one particular question, uh, which I probably don't even want to know the details to. But I do remember at one point he left for a while, presumably to go to his hotel room, different swim trunks. I'm just wondering what happened there <laughs> because he never went in the water. Wow! And so he he left with I don't I don't I don't remember what color the shorts were when he left, but I know they weren't bright pink, and the ones that he came back with were bright pink. So I would just, you know, I don't know if there's a Greg Cody podcast investigation to be had there, but you might want to yeah. ask Chris about that. Um, outside of that, um, we were a little disappointed in the lack of physical activities involved uh, because yeah. in the invitation uh, from Chris, there was the implication that there would be volleyball played. And there was a little bit of pickling back and forth with Anthony and me and uh, a couple other people whose names I'm never going to remember. Uh, but outside of that, you know, there was right. barely a sweat broken. And then, you know, Anthony and I had to beat like Chris and somebody and you and somebody in cornhole real quick before we left. But the competitive nature of the Cody gathering seemed to be lacking a bit. It, it was lacking. I will admit that. And particularly because in, in the backdrop between where we were set up and the Atlantic Ocean were 16, I counted them, 16 beautiful volleyball courts. Like, wow. I did not count them. Yeah. And, and me, even at my age and lack of uh, uh, conditioning. I would have gone out there and, and done my best at volleyball for t 15 minutes. I mean, I wanted to play. And at one point, uh, I think this might have been Sunday when you guys weren't there. Um, Christopher was going around saying, hey, anybody into volleyball? And and basically everybody's just drinking, sitting on chairs and, and nobody was into it. It was like it was a very sedentary crowd, which was a disappointment. And the other thing that disappointed me is that my own food sucked now. I pride myself on being pretty good in the kitchen. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, I brought three things. I brought margarita watermelon slices, which weren't good. Wow, I didn't try one of those. You could. Well, I, I'm not even sure if we broke them out until Sunday, but you couldn't even taste the margarita. They were just like watermelon slices, which. By the, the way, kids, you're confusing Sunday with Monday. Sunday was the first day. Yes, you're okay. right. You're right. My bad. Uh I also made um, uh, my famous uh, five bean uh, salad, five ba baked beans, five bean baked beans. Oh, uh, yeah. We were debating whether it was five or six beans. I just don't ever remember. <laughs> oh, I did try it, I think. Well, there was a raging controversy because the fifth bean was a kidney bean, but I used both iterations of the kidney bean, the, the classic red kidney bean right. and the white kidney bean, which is actually a cannellini bean. So technically... There were five beans, if you consider the two kidney beans a kidney bean, one kidney bean. There were six beans if you separate them. I was going to mock him for saying it was a raging controversy, but like going through <laughs> my time there, I think it was probably the most controversial subject. So Yeah, it really yeah. was. So, what, I mean, what you really did, you did the Mount Gregmore of five bean salads. You had like <laughs> several honorable mentions plus your top five, right? That's correct. 
Yes, that's correct. Would these be would these be your Mount Gregmore of beans that you used in the salad? Um, they probably would be, yeah. I mean, I like a good lima bean. Most people don't, and lima beans don't really go in this salad. So I, you know, I, I, the, the foundation was the classic navy bean, which is the bean that's in the generic baked bean, quote unquote. Uh, so we started there, but the the problem with the beans was that we didn't have enough grill space. But that's a whole nother complaint uh, for another day. Uh, bean talk on the Greg Cody show with Greg Cody. A tease, a tease to bean talk. Because he said this Correct. for another day. A tease. My main dish, <laughs> the uh, the ribs came out pretty well. They went over well. My my Asian style ribs uh, were were swept up and inhaled. Uh, my my classic uh, Memphis slash Detroit or um, Texas style uh, classic ribs did not go over quite as well, but still popular. But um, <laughs> but anyway, we got through it. We got through it. And um, I actually wish. Chris would have encouraged me to cook something because all I did uh, feeling guilty and didn't really know what to bring. So I brought some like chocolate croissants from uh, croissant time. Oh my God. They were good. Amazing. <laughs> wow. They were good. Oh yeah. I'm glad you like them. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if I would have made something, it definitely would have sort of up the ante a little bit, but you know, next year, it's always next year. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, Christopher, uh, inspired by you made the uh, picanha, right? Picanha steak. Ah, yes. It's our fame picanha. Yeah. Um, he actually, like, he was, he was a nervous wreck when it came to cooking probably the easiest meat I've ever cooked. Yeah. Uh, he even sent me a video and said, is this how you right. do it? And I was like, yeah, that, that's exactly right. And, yeah, you really can't screw it up. And, um, yeah, he knocked it out of the park. Did he? Okay. Because I had never had that in that form, and I tasted it. tasted fine, but I was you, you're the expert palate on picanha steak. It turned out okay? Yeah. I mean, the first batch, he probably left on, like, literally five seconds too long, and it could have used, like, a touch of finishing salt. The second one, he put the right amount of salt on, pre-grill, and then left it on just the right amount. And from then on, it was it was spot right. Right. I want to um I want to veer here to um something that um, um another cut of steak. Uh, no, no, no. We're we're <laughs> off uh we're uh, off the beach. We're off cows all together. We're okay. off the beach and out of the kitchen right now. And um <laughs> I've discovered something on TV that I really, really love and I want to share it with our listeners. Um because it's it's new. I think there have been two episodes out and, and we've watched them both. It's a Hulu show called um The Bear. Uh, you are you guys familiar with that? Stanford Steve with them? Is that the one with Lip from uh, yes. uh, the other show. I mean, what's that show now? I can't remember. I remember Shameless. the character, but I can't remember the show now. Shameless. Shameless, thank you. Yeah, and, okay. and, and I didn't realize it's such a generic name. I had no idea that the actor who played Lip and now stars in The Bear is Jeremy Allen White. I'd completely forgotten that, but it's a very interesting premise. He's a Michelin star chef who um, leaves to return to Chicago to run his family, small family sandwich shop after an unexpected death in the family. And it's, uh, it's, it's like a dark comedy, very chaotic. Um, but through two episodes, I'm, I'm enthralled with it and I'm officially recommending it. Um, uh, be, be, and, and hacks is another show that we're in love with here in my house. Um, uh, but, but, um, do you guys have any? Have you finished Hex? Yeah, we have. Loved Hex. Yeah, I think the second series uh, or the third season is it now? No, it's two. Two. Yeah. We love that. Um, I, I love the uh, the younger actress who plays uh, Hacks uh, PR PS, uh, PA personal assistant, and she's the daughter of Lorraine Newman from the original SNL uh, series, which I never knew. But um, I, I'm wondering if you guys had anything on TV lately that you're uh, discovered and that you're enthralled with. 
If not, I'll keep talking. I do, but let's start with Izzy. No, you start. I'm going to need a moment to remember. <laughs> okay. All right. My wife and I recently got into, um, what's funny is, uh, I, I won't go off on this one too much, but I stumbled across Twin Peaks and I never watched it when it originally came out. Um, but the whole thing is filmed, not the whole thing. Most of it was filmed in California, but the stock footage is all filmed near where we used to live in Seattle. Um, where, when we were in the Seattle area near, um, Snoqualmie Falls. That's the, that's the big waterfalls you see at the beginning. It's such a, it, it's, it's actually like a really bad show, but we can't <laughs> stop watching it. It's terrible, but like, we love mm. it. We find it like, it, I, I just can't put it down. It's a bad train wreck that we can't stop watching. Yeah. I definitely should have gone first. If you're giving, if you're suggesting people watch a bad show. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, but no, but no, the show, the show that we're really into that I do suggest is um, only murders in the building. We, uh, it, the second season just came out yeah. and we just started watching it like a month ago. And I'm really enjoying seeing the dynamic between um, Steve Martin and um, and Martin Short, Martin Short, Steve Martin, and yeah. Selena Gomez. They've got really great yeah. chemistry. Steve Martin and Martin Short, sure, they've been doing stuff for decades together. But then to see Selena come in as this younger generation, you know, th- their granddaughter's age, and mesh with them so well, it's 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 really well written. It's fun. It's uh, intriguing. It, it shows some range between them. And I just love it. They have, you see a whole different cast of guest stars, including Jane Lynch, Lynch makes a great appearance in season one that just had my wife and I rolling. Um, but no, it's really good. So season two has just come out. We haven't watched any of those episodes yet because um, we've been vacationing. But uh, when we get back, that's what we'll dive into. So, and I'm really excited. Yeah, about I don't. Uh... I don't want to go over any. I don't want to go over anything that's like uh, too popular uh, because, like, I love only murders in the building, uh, for example. But uh, the ones that I know, kind of like, if you're looking for just a fun uh, comedy, and so I guess the Greg Cody Show listeners uh, will know who Jonathan Zaslow is. Uh, Zaslow recommended to me the show The Working Moms on Netflix, and started by mentioning, "Oh, from the opening scene, it's hilarious," and I'm like, "Okay, this is great." I'll check it out. And of course, uh, the opening scenes involves three pairs of breasts, bare breasts. And I'm just like, oh, Zaz, really? First of all, know your audience when it comes to recommending this to me. Second of all, don't be so obvious. Uh, but it's a great show. It's a good show. We're on like season three at this point. It's a good show. Um, speaking of Working Moms, by the way, Greg, I forgot to mention one of the other notes from the 4th of July weekend was how your wife could have given so much to be anywhere else uh did not really enjoy the setting the situation like from the moment she was walking toward the tent i was like oh wow she does not want to be here and she basically confirmed that among uh upon our first conversation which is the conversation i love her and you know she just wore it on the sleeve like this is not really my thing yeah and and here's the thing about her and and i don't know whether this is a compliment or a criticism i genuinely don't she doesn't try to hide it like she's not one of these people who's going to put on a brave face. Yeah, no, that's a compliment. Act like she's enjoying. I mean, what you see is what you get. She's not going to pretend like she's a beach person. We live 10 minutes from the Atlantic Ocean. It's literally the first time in 15 years she had set foot on the sand. <laughs> you know, it's just... my question was going to be, was it being stuck on the beach, stuck on the beach with Greg or stuck anywhere with Greg? <laughs> no, I think the whole setting was it. Yeah. I don't think it was stuck anywhere with Greg. Yeah. Um, but for anybody still going through these types of decisions in relationships, uh, when you can find the person who puts it all out there and doesn't hide it, 
Right. You found the right one. Absolutely. And- um, my last thing was uh, outside of working moms, uh, the recommendation that I will make forever until everybody watches it and becomes super popular is uh, Repertoire, which is a series of four uh, like 50 minute stand ups uh, by a comedian named James Acaster and a British comedian. And it is like he's now my famous, my favorite comedian. Mina Kimes is the one who uh, recommended this to me. And he is so funny, so funny. Um, and so highly recommend it. But it's one of those where you got to just shut everything out, just, you know, shut the lights out, grab your popcorn and just pay attention. And because everything, there's callbacks, there's through lines to a bunch of jokes from one, from the first to the second, to the third, to the fourth. And so it's just, it's really, really, really good. And, and in the States, he should be way more popular than he is. Wow. I, I feel like British uh, people with a British accent are all over American TV. Yeah. Except this guy is classier than uh, Ricky Gervais. <laughs> in fact, okay. right. in fact, he yeah. mocks Ricky Gervais and I believe Dave Chappelle for, you know, attacking the trans community because, you know, who needs another challenge? Of course, the trans community. (laughs) Right. Right. Also, he was able to he was able to work in even Gervais's most recent because that's pretty fresh. And he was able to go ahead and work that into this current special. Yeah. Well, the the one that I'm recommending that's on Netflix is from 2019. And it doesn't really hit on that. The special that you would get that reference, I believe might also be from 2019. It might be a little bit later, though. But that one, I think you got to find on Vimeo. Uh, I forget what it's called, though. It's something, it's got like a date to it, a year to it, like 1999 or something like that. But uh, yeah, you got to find that on Vimeo, I believe. But Repertoire, that's the one that you're... Repertoire is the one on Netflix, which is, you know, non-controversial, just hilarious. All right. I will check that out. Uh, Yeti, you, you mentioning only murders in the building. Um, I saw Steve Martin and uh, Martin Short in concert, and, and they, they had a, a comedy show that was very old school, almost vaudevillian. The way yeah, the yeah, interaction. I saw the Netflix version of that. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, so that shades everything for me. Like, I can't watch murders, only murders in the building without thinking that I'm just watching Steve Martin and Martin Short. You know, I, I find it hard to see them as actors, which, which but they um, pull some of that off, though. I it, feel they really transform into it. Yeah, especially Martin Short, more so than Steve Martin. Martin yeah. Short really plays into that sort of his his past and his. Yeah, I think I think you'd enjoy it if you stick to yeah, it. You, you mentioned something uh, uh, a little bit ago regarding waterfalls or something, and it, it jogged um, in my memory. Uh, I was I was reading something about cataracts, you know, the eye malady. and uh, is what a roller coaster that's background in, so far <laughs> no no this is you have a background in writing as well the thing i love about the language is that two words can mean totally different things mm-hmm. so cataract is not just the eye malady you know it's it's a, a big waterfall it's a torrential downpour and so like if, if you're seeing niagara falls for the first time you are perfectly entitled to say what an astounding cataract and have no one correct you <laughs> Now, they may say, what the hell are you talking about? But they are not allowed to correct you and say, you must not be seeing that because you have cataracts. That's a waterfall. That's not a cataract. Oh, my. But well, anyway. before this show goes into cataract arrest, let's take a break. Yeah, we need to. <laughs> the comedy routine built around cataracts. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage 
all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Real cream! Hey, cool cats. Tired of suffering from prolonged virginity? Want to attract the kittens like a fancy lad? Well, a little dab will do you, and two will do you double. Brill Cream. Guys, put your hands on your tube and squeeze. Brill Cream. Dabbing it. Brill Cream, a little dab will do you. Brill Cream, what's the matter to you? Fancy lad must always look so debonair. Brill Cream, a little dab will do you. Brill Cream, what's the matter to you? All the ladies love a lad with Brill Cream. All right, we're joined by a very special guest with a very familiar voice. We have located Chris Cody somewhere in um, in Nevada, probably Lake Tahoe. And um, who needs and, me? Uh, <laughs> exactly, Christopher. Where are you, and uh, why are you late for the podcast? I'm standing in, like, essentially in the driving range on the driving range. Do you stand in a driving? No, I think you stand on a driving range. I'm on the driving right. range, literally out where you hit balls because there's nobody on the range right now. Um, these rounds all just got done with the first round today on Friday. Um, it was a crazy day. This place is amazing, and uh, yeah, we we uh, we have me, Stugatz, and Mike decided to paint the picture for the Greg Cody show audience of what Tahoe was like. Wow. Maybe the whole, maybe we just spend the whole time mocking you for being jealous and not being there, or maybe we just paint the picture. I don't know. You're gonna have to listen to find out. All right. Well, let's listen. That I think that's Ray. Yeah, that's Ray. Okay. It's either, it's either Ray Romano or Jake Owen had a rough night last night. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's better at us than just staring at a range. Oh, it's the best. I, I, Dare I say we're the best at it? I mean, we yeah. <laughs> who could do this like us? We're like the old dudes from the Muppets, but yeah. just gawking at yeah. at tight pants. <laughs> well, and, well, and, and Charles. <laughs> <laughs> He's got. A, I love how Charles is like. I'm not. I'm not tucking my shirt in. Yeah. Everybody's stuck. Actually, Larry the Cable Guy. Two guys don't have their shirts tucked in. Even Brian Bumgarner has his shirt tucked in. Hello, the Greg Cody Show. This is uh, Stu Gatz, Chris Cody, and Mike Ryan coming to you live from Tahoe. And you know who's not here? Greg Cody. <laughs> you know who's not hosting his show? Greg Cody. <laughs> he has been texting me all week. Oh, Greg's me. not here? I, I had no idea that, that, <laughs> that Greg's You're on his such own. such an ass. Haven't Don't heard, do that. Haven't heard anything about no, it. No, because here's the funny thing. Greg is mad at me for some reason <laughs> that he's not attending this event, even though I helped him get into the event last he year. He blames Dan for everything, though. Is, is, are you sure it's at you and not Dan? I, I, I heard that he was a little upset with me. Yeah. I didn't hear the snub club segment i i have to give him kudos though yeah. that's a great name the snub club yeah. uh, the entitlement that he has is wild like yeah. he just like i didn't play this year but i was like you know i get it i played last right. year like you have to have perspective about things that he's just like up oh, i played last year i'm playing forever 
I'm going every year. Like, he just thought it was just going to be a thing for the rest of his life. Well, I opened my big mouth, and I said, like, hey, Greg— I think it was your fault. You promised him he was going to play. Well, no, I didn't promise him that he was going to play. You're I like, said, I'll, I'll talk to Nick, buddy. I, and I did, and Nick said, we can only we only have two slots, yeah. and then Greg said he'd be willing to pay his way. Right. And which I believe your dad when he says that. Yeah, but this is not like a tournament you pay to get into, right? You got to know somebody. Well, there are some people that pay to get into. Oh, like huge. No, but Greg would have to know pay. someone to be Greg, able to pay. Greg would have paid to play with us. Yeah. yeah. Like that's and no, so I was like, that's that's a bad idea. And now he's mad at me, yeah. and he's not mad at Mike. I don't think. I'm glad that Ray Romano is like further because we're at the angle that he hit me last year. So I'm having like flashes right now with Ray Romano on the, on the tee box. Luckily, he's way over there, so I think I'm good. Yeah, as Tyler moves across to get out of the way. I kind of feel like Greg is a little mad at me. Uh, because just, I, I, I it, the optics are that I took his spot. Yeah, but then once he found out that I was like, Dad, if now, if, like a couple weeks out, I was like, Dad, if we get a third spot, I'm playing. Yeah. So you've just been moved. Like I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so he, I think he gets it. I think I don't know if he's doing shtick, but he's no, he, just, he really enjoyed just it just out a, here. Though. I don't know. That's the thing. It was more. It's not anger at us. It's more just disappointment because of how. Right. Leaping, breathtaking. This place yeah, is. it yeah. is. It is incredible. I'm really happy that I pushed him out of the way. Yeah. And, and, played and as someone that's a charter member of the Snub Club, I, I feel Ja feel. But uh, look, man, I haven't been to a Super Bowl since Rex Grossman was starting in one. Right. So you kind of get used to it after a while, Greg. Yes. Well, what does that have to do with it, though? I mean, he's, my dad's I don't done get, some stuff. It, it, Greg's got to do some he's fun lived. stuff. He's right. Lived. Yeah. True. Yeah, you didn't go to this last year, Mike. That's fair. this last right. year. He did, yes. it wasn't like he did this last year. Yes. <laughs> I think I was looking longingly in the Zoom last year, yeah. hope, wishing and hoping that I was uh, able to experience all the, the fun stuff that you did, including the earthquake. I've never been in an earthquake. I know. We didn't have one this year. By the way, this portal was opened by Chris Whittingham, and Chris Whittingham, who was here last year, is not here this year, and he's fine with it. No, I told him, well, truth be told, Nick Nick is friends with Chris and I. We were in a fantasy league with Nick, and that's how the relationship was born. And uh, that's me also letting everybody know that it's not just Woody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I noticed, Mike. Yeah, but uh, I'm familiar with your yeah, work but, because uh, it's also my work. Yeah, Woody. Right? Uh, yeah. Woody went last year, and it was just there was a lot of stuff going on for the show, and it got to the point that I just couldn't make it because I couldn't be pulled away from the show. Yeah. I told Woody, I'm like next year, I don't give up. <laughs> I'm going to that thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, because last year, one of the two of us had to stay with Dan. Yeah, that's the way you know. Dan kind of likes it, but Witty is now the the executive producer of the show, and so Mike Ryan gets to uh, enjoy the the benefits of not being the executive be producer talent. of the show. I got to be talent. Like I had a feel. It is amazing. You guys for twenty years just show up to places and yep. people tell you where to go, and it's just like such a breeze. Yeah, it's amazing. This yep. talent thing. Barkley yep. just hit a good drive. See, I kind of want to like for my dad's audience here, right here, and my dad listening to this. I want to say. That this is, you know, not as good as last year. A little worse, but Mike, we, we did not oversell this, right? This place is just amazing. Like, yeah. Let's rub it in, right? Let's end this by rubbing it in even more. Yeah. I know how this is terrible <laughs> my dad should feel yeah. about missing this. I know this is a Greg Cody show, but I'm putting my foot down next year. Everyone on our show needs right? to come out next year. I agree. Mike, this I is, said that after last year's yeah. event. I'm telling you, Dan does not want to come here they for some reason. give us six rooms, we'll go five person heard, per room. Let's I heard that this. Dan was saying that he never got the invite and Witty, like, promptly corrected him. He's like, I asked you. Dan. Yeah, come on. He never got the. He doesn't need the invites. If Dan says he wants to be here, we're here. Jimmy Roberts thinks he's here. Yeah, 
<laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> <That's> a great. <laughs> I don't know if the listening, it's a uh, call the listening back audience to, uh, is going to find that funny. Most, but I did. most of these people listen to the, our show, so yeah, it's a callback. We we talked to Jimmy Roberts earlier. Wait, so if Dan doesn't want to go next year, but the rest of the show does, it will like it's no, the I'm, perfect week for Dan to take off, and we just come out here and do the show. I am yeah. making right? Dan. I'm making Dan come. But at the next very year. least, that happens. Yeah, at the hubba, very hubba. least, we all come. That's the backup plan, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, we all go, Mike. Because he's not going to come. No, Mike, you, I know. You, I know. No. You say you're going to make him. He, no, Mike, put him my foot not, down. No, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll drag him by the collar. There's nothing about this that he likes. Mm. Well, beautiful weather, incredible, beautiful, beautiful vistas. <laughs> uh, a lot of his friends asking where he is. Come on, <laughs> happy June, happy happy June, happy July, it's July, <laughs> July here in Tahoe. <laughs> it's golf, Holland. All right, that'll do it for us. We're sitting off a driving range. Yeah, Lavatar would be mortified if he were doing this. That was also me subtly telling everybody that I'm going to the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> and the waste management and the waste open. Management <laughs> you and I are going to have a blast. Once again, I don't give an F. <laughs> Try and stop me. What are you doing next July and every July instead of Greg Cody? Oh. <laughs> um, okay, you know, after, after, after hearing that... Um, I feel assaulted. Uh, you you guys have spent uh, uh, time just making fun of me and mocking me for not being there. Stugatz and Mike Ryan both mocking me. But still, I thank them both. I thank you for making time in Tahoe. Mocking it. Mocking it. For me, it was Tano. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, but uh, so you're, you're on the driving range right now and uh, nobody else is on the driving range. But I'm picturing a sad carrot top. Uh, duffing shots off the off the off the range. Is that correct? No, Marshall Falk and Joe Buck were just out here sh- shanking balls on the range. Really? But what I'm doing, there's like a chipping green like 30 yards away from me. So I'm picking up balls on the driving range and I'm throwing them to try to get them in the hole on this chipping green. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> and uh and is Tony Romo uh, or Marty Fish winning? Because one of those two has to be leading the tournament, right? No, Marty had a bad day one. Oh, get in the hole. Oh, my God, get in the hole. Oh, my God, that was close. No, um, <laughs> Marty had a bad day one. I think Romo's doing fine. Uh, Romo, is, it, by the way, my, according to my sources, Romo is like the, the guy that's kind of a jerk around here of all the celebrities. Really? Yeah, he's like the guy that like he's not friendly with fans. He's not friendly with other celebrities. He just kind of comes and thinks he's... You know the the shit. Yeah, and uh, did Uncle Tony? Uh, did Uncle Ray Romano uh, hit you in the nuts with a, a drive or no? <laughs> no, no. But I was at the same, I was at that. I was at that hole when he was there. So I had like a you know a moment of a flashback where I was like having nightmares. But uh, <laughs> he did not hit me. I interacted with him. I said hello. Did you? Did you? Yep. So uh, it, it may have taken him five to six seconds to realize who I was, but that's not important. He knew who I was. <laughs> okay. No, that's great. That, that's terrific. I'm, I'm glad about that. Um, now, how has the experience been this year? Because I'm going to be very honest with you. Um, I wasn't angry not to go. I was very disappointed, though, simply because um, I enjoyed the hell out of Lake Tahoe last year. I really, everything about it from meeting the lead singer of Earth, Wind and Fire, who sang on our podcast to playing golf to Everything about it, I, I, I was thrilled to be there. Uh, how's the experience been this year for you? Yeah, it's equally that. It's amazing. It's like Mike Ryan is here for the first time, and he just can't stop talking about what like a life-changing trip this is. He says next year we got to, just because of like what a spiritual lift it is, 
we got to bring like the entire show out here. So like this is it's it's crazy how you can't come out here and not feel like holy shit is this place amazing. Right. You can hear my voice that it's been a long couple of days. Daddy had a nice day at the craps table last night. So uh you know, <laughs> we still got another night left in the trip. So I don't want to get too excited, but it was a good night. Me, Lewis, and Mike Ryan were uh, a lot of high fives were shared at the craps table last night. I'm gambling again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were scoring big on roulette last time uh, I talked to you, and th- and now it's crap. So you're all over the map. I made a pit stop at the roulette table first, and it didn't go well. And then we went over the craps table, and it went great. So we stayed there. Now I don't I don't know craps. It, it's it's a very confusing game to me. Um, what is the strategy? Give, give us a primer, like an elementary primer on craps. What's your strategy? What do you want to do? What's the point? Uh, Explain that to people. Well, basically seven is the most common dice number because it's the most combinations. So most of the time in craps, seven's the number you want to avoid. It's like the number that makes the house win. So you basically want to like, you want to have sevens at the right time when there's such, I don't don't know why we're getting into the weeds on, 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 uh, (laughs) on craps, but a quick description is when the point is off and the game is not started yet, you want as many sevens because you'll win money on that. Once the game is established and the point's on, a seven is a loser. So it's basically, you want to get sevens at the right time. That's what craps is all about. Wow. And how do you know when it's the right time? I'm asking you this because it interests me because... Because there's like, there's an on-off. Like when you're starting a game, the point is off. All right, you roll a dice. Let's okay. say you roll a six. Okay, the, the point has been established. The point is six. So now the game is on. So now you need a six to win. And a seven makes you lose. When the point is off, before you've established that your point is six, a seven will win. I know it's confusing, but once you do it, it's one of those games you got to like play it. If you're at the table and you're with me for a half hour, you'll pick up on it. It's like tough to explain when you're not like staring at the table. All right. Let me me ask you this because I am honestly a fan of casinos, although I don't play, I don't take advantage of that much of a casino, but it strikes me that the craps table is the king of the casino. And and by saying that, I mean, when you're in a casino there, craps is is almost like a spectator sport. It's, it's the table. Like I, I, I think to to your point, it's the table that everybody gets jealous when it's have like when it when the craps table's hot, everybody in the casino is jealous that they're not at the craps table. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because if I'm playing slot machines or or roulette or poker, there's nobody there watching and cheering and getting into it. But at a craps table, if people are winning, all of the noise in the casino is erupting from that craps table. Right. It's, it's really an electric scene. And and was that what it was like for you at a point last night? Yes, there were multiple times where we were high-fiving, being loud, and people were like definitely jealous. Um, it's also, you know, the way it, it, can, it, it can be good, but it can also be bad. There's also times where there's no high-fiving and everyone is losing their ass off. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, Yeti, are you a gambling guy? Are you a casino? No, guy? no, no. I, I lost a, uh, a, just a random Don Mattingly baseball card when the Braves lost the world series to the blue Jays back in the day. And I've never wanted to gamble ever since it hurts so bad. So no, I, I was losing, I was losing it. a card. I was losing a card gambling. Basically one guy says, if the Braves win, I'll give you this card. If they lose, you have to give me this Don Mattingly oh, card. Okay. I'm like, okay. And I just didn't like the thought of losing something. So I've never done it ever again. So. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, before we close this podcast. Yeah, because um, Dad, I got to go. <laughs> oh, you got to go right now? I mean, I mean, what else do you need? No, I don't need. You can go. I, I want to ask Yeti one more thing about um, a, a text exchange we have, but it's fine. You can go. All right. Love you guys. Enjoy yourself. See love ya. you too, Chris. <clears throat> Yeti, before we go, I have to ask you uh, in, a, in a text exchange today, out of the blue, totally unexpected, 
You referred to a 65-year-old movie, I think. Oh, no, it's older than it's seven months older than you. Yeah, called Creature from the Black Lagoon, which I loved as a kid. I remember that. Yeah, it's the one movie you know. And it's the movie that's older, the one movie in history that's older than you. <laughs> that's right. And uh, no, so I am on vacation right now. My dad grew up in North Florida, little town called Bristol, um, about 45 minutes west of Tallahassee. And so we came down to visit so my kids can play with their cousins and I can reconnect with my aunts and uncles. And it's, right. it's just a wonderful step back in time. The whole county still only has one red light. Um, has a couple wow. of flashing lights, but they only have one red light. It's in the center of town here, right on the banks of the Apalachicola River, where the time zone is. So we can drive 10 minutes away and we're in central time. So that's kind of fun. Okay. They just got a Piggly Wiggly about 20 years ago, and that was a big deal. Um, <laughs> or no, maybe 15 years ago, we got a pig. And so it, it's just, it's a, it's a real step back in time, and I love it. I just, it's just a wonderful place to come and reset my soul. And because uh, okay. all of my greatest childhood memories are from here. Not far from here is a place called Wakulla Springs. It's in uh, just outside of Crawfordville. And um, that is where it's the largest, according to them, it's the largest springs in the world. It's a, a natural spring from underneath the ground formed the Wakulla River, um, about 150 uh, feet deep. Um, and it forms this giant Wakulla River that dumps out into the Gulf of Mexico after about a 13-mile run. Okay, um, Fresh water. You could see down to the bottom today. It was a really clear day. They used to do glass-bottom boats all the time. Uh, when I was a kid, that's what we did. I love glass-bottom boats. Yeah, yeah. And and so, but the, there's so many tannins from all the the you know the 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 brush and the trees now that a lot of times the water is dark but today it was really clear not enough for the for the glass bottom boats but we went saw some gators and and some really cool birds and and turtles and stuff um and then went swimming because they've got a swimming area that the gators aren't going to come anywhere near because they don't like all the commotion the water is 69 degrees nice um and uh really refreshing on a hundred degree day you know and and uh, oh it's really cold but once you get in it's really really nice but they filmed several movies there a long time ago uh in the 40s um tarzan the the 1940s tarzan was filmed in that in that area um and as mentioned to you earlier the 1954 classic creature from the black lagoon it was released in um February of, of 54. So it's seven months older than you. And um, yeah, that's where they filmed it. And so I mentioned wow. that to you and you were like, and I, I was still thinking, you know, it's still a movie, so you probably wouldn't know it, but you said you love it. So I, I this was a surprise to me. Well, when I, when I was a kid uh, and, and these movies were all in black and white, uh, that was a genre of film uh, in my early childhood that was really, really popular. It, the, the, the time of the original King Kong and Godzilla and Mothra and uh, and the creature from the Black Lagoon. And I was really into those films at the time. And we used to local theaters would have, you know, Saturday morning movies geared toward kids. And, and some of them would be cartoons and some of them would be movies like that. And so that just jogged a memory in me. And I had no idea that it was filmed, uh, which had to be low budget in uh, not in Ho not in Hollywood, but in a little place in northern Florida. No idea. So that was interesting to hear. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. It's it the lodge that they have there, Greg. It is right up your alley. It's just a step back in time, and and I think that's why I relate yeah. so much to hearing you talk about fourteen forty walking barefoot on the Pebble Drive. You know, it because it yeah. takes me back to the Florida that I know, which is yeah. All of my greatest childhood memories are here, and so sure. I think that's why you talking about that resonates with me maybe more than some other people. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah. All uh, right. So, Fourth of July. Let, 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 let's let's put a bow on this. Was okay. it good enough to uh, to have another one to keep the tradition going? Yes. 
I think so. Uh, okay. I think we're going to I think we're going to tweak it. I think next year there's going to be more. We may make it just uh, just one blowout day instead of two. Uh, we may get there late in the day of the third and then just make the fourth the big blowout. We're going to have more grill space. Um, we're going to rethink the food a little bit. But what did you decide for your tent configuration? It ended up being a T. We had four tents. <laughs> So we had two here and two in the other direction. So that's a good question, though. Did that go over well with the crowd or, or how, how did, did you like it? Uh, no, no, it, it it was a good idea. But here's the funny thing about being at the beach uh, all day is that as the sun shifts, the shade shifts. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you're starting off in a great your your chair is perfect. It's right in the heart of the shade. And then 2 hours later, you got the sun at your back and you're nudging the chair. <laughs> and so the the entire uh the entire uh place where we're at is sort of shifting as the sun moves. So it's it's sort of a weird dynamic, but we had a great time. We will do it next year. Um uh, yeah, to give a quick uh, plug uh, for, for the merch store, or the website, tell people what they need to know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just make sure to go to shop.thegregcodyshow.com. You can get your shirts, hats. We'll have more designs soon. We're working on a, a couple of new ideas that we, that has been pitched. So hopefully in the next couple of months, we'll have two or three new designs. But um, right now you can get your hands on a Greg Cody floating head pillow. I mean, why would you not want to give that for ev- to everyone you hate? <laughs> You, I really think every everyone needs to go in. Oh, I, yeah, I would love to exactly. see at least 10 of our listeners go in and buy 10 of those pillows and send them to Billy Corbin. I can't think of a better gift to send our friend Billy Corbin. What a wonderful um, idea. But <laughs> the pillows, the shirts, they're fun. And uh, oh. and and so, yeah, go find them. Shop.thegregcodyshow.com. Hey, everybody. Um, uh, thanks for sticking with us because this has been a weird episode. Uh, I, I want to thank uh, Christopher for joining us from uh, with Stu Gotts and Mike Ryan from lake tahoe on a driving range and later when we finally tracked them down thanks to izzy gutierrez fop friend of the show and um enjoyed this hope you all did too see you next week greg what was your biggest gripe about the beach trip uh my cooking sucked (laughs) it sucked my my margarita watermelon slices went over like a lead balloon sucking it okay